Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, at the beginning of this year, I gave our word for 2022, and it's a word that's really going to guide where we go this year. We're going to build our series off of it. And if you miss the word, it's right there in your notes. Our year, our word for 2022 is health, that we're believing that this is going to be your healthiest year ever. We're going to be the healthiest church we could possibly be. Your marriage is going to be healthy. Your finances are going to be healthy. We're going to be healthy in our mind and our emotions. And so we're going to be on a journey over these next six months or so to get as healthy as possible. And so I'm so thankful you've bought into this vision and you're believing it with me. And really the prayer I've been praying over you, Radiant Church, is 3 John 2. And it says it this way, I pray that you may enjoy good health. At every location, say good health. Good health. I want you to have good health, and I want you to go well with you. What to go well with you? Every area of your life. I want every area of your life to go well. I want you to thrive in every area when it comes to your life this year. But he gives us this idea that it's only going to go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. So your health has to start in the spiritual. And so I told you in week one, your struggle is more spiritual than you think it is. So until you align yourself spiritually with what God wants to do in your life, then you'll never see breakthrough in every other area of your life. So, so we're working on this month on getting spiritually healthy. And so we've been in 21 days of prayer and fasting, and it is over to God be the glory. And, and this morning I was driving my daughter to church here, and she's coming to serve with me at this campus. My wife, shout out to her. She's with one of my other daughters at Clearwater. And, and so we, she, we were driving together, and I said, okay, Lily, the fast is over. You haven't had sweets in 21 days. What do you want as your first sweet? She's like, what do you mean first sweet? She's like, mommy woke us up at midnight last night. We had ice cream last night. I was like, you have a good mama right there. I was like, and you didn't wake me up, all right? So, so we've been getting spiritually healthy. And, and what we've been doing is evaluating four habits. And we're calling this series The Habits of Jesus. We're looking at four habits in Jesus' life that set him apart to live a spiritually healthy life. And if you missed them, I want to give them to you right now. Here's the four habits that we're going through this entire month. And the first one is that you got to slow down and you got to learn in your life that the pace that you're at is not sustainable. you got to slow down so you can experience all that God wants you to experience this year. The second one is you got to get alone with God. And Jesus showed us the rhythm of pulling away from the crowd getting alone with his father. And and I told you, it's the secret sauce to the strength that God wants to give you this year. Here's the third one is that you gotta learn to commit to community. You gotta learn how to surround yourself with the right people. And then lastly, we'll close out the series next week with this idea that you gotta be spirit-led. You gotta be spirit-led. You gotta understand that Jesus was led by the spirit into really good experiences and bad experiences, all for a greater good. And I'm going to teach you next Sunday how to be led by the Spirit. And here's the issue with this is that everybody wants to experience the life of Jesus, but you have to understand that you're not going to get that without adopting the lifestyle of Jesus. So you have to adopt his lifestyle. It's not so much just to admire him, but you got to model your life after him. And that's what we're showing you in this series of how to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. So if you're taking notes today, we are on note taking church Clearwater. We're going to give you notes every single week. So you write them down, keep those notes. It'll help you equip you to be all that God's called you to be. I'm going to talk to you for a little bit today about your commitment to community. 
Commit to community. We see this in the life of Jesus, that Jesus could have done everything alone. He had all power to do everything alone. If anybody could have changed the world alone, it would have been Jesus. If anybody could have done ministry alone, it would have been Jesus. If anybody could have lived life alone, it could have been Jesus. But Jesus intentionally surrounded himself with people who, by the way, had a lot of issues. And he knew their issues. So I don't buy this whole like, well, I don't want to be a part of church. I can just serve God by myself at home because uh, the church is full of a lot of hypocrites with issues. And I would respond with, you're absolutely right. That is what the church is full of. And if you join, we'll have one more hypocrite and even more issues. Because we've all got them. We all got struggles. We all have got to work stuff out in our life. But Jesus was intentional to being involved in community. I love this because it was even from a very young age. Look at this. We only have one instance where it talks about Jesus' childhood. It's in Luke chapter 2. And I want you to see it right there on the screen. It talks about when Jesus was 12 years old. He went up to a festival according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Now, before you go judging these parents, come on, parents in here, how many know, before you had kids, you would judge something like this, be like, how in the world can any parent leave their kid behind? The answer is easily. <laughs> Just want you to know that. Easily. We've done it many times. And that's what these parents did. They, 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 they left Jesus behind. After three days, now that's a little weird, right? I mean, a couple hours, we give you some leeway. Mary is just having a good time. She's just having fun. We don't even know what she's doing. But three days, it finally realizes, wait, we got to find Jesus. They found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. I mean, this is every parent's dream right here. And it says, when the parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And look what Jesus' response is. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? He says, listen, did you, you must have misunderstood. I'm going to be a church kid. Jesus was the first church kid. I mean, raised up addicted to being a part of the house of God. Now, I know I'm talking to a lot of people that are new to this church game, but can I find out at any of our campuses, how many of you guys were like, you are raised up church kids? Can I see your hands? Like, yeah, yeah, you're a weird group. You're a weird group. I, I was that group. I, I was a church kid. My parents were the first people in their family to ever get saved. And so when they got saved, they, they had us at church all the time. They almost like overcorrected. We were there all the time. And these weren't 75-minute radiant church services. Just want you to know this. These were like hours and hours and hours. And we would sit in these services, and I would just like crawl under the pew. And, and, and you know, I'd, I'd find communion in the church. Just to, like, Mama, I'm starving. She's like, you guys stay calm. And I'm like, well, it's three hours into this thing. What am I going to do? sleep under the pews, and then we leave Sunday um, service, and we were already, like, the Baptists got all the good food, so we were already gone, like, the food was gone, and then we, we, it's already the afternoon, we go home, 
we take a nap, and then we come back for a Sunday night service. You don't know anything about no Sunday night service. Like, uh, anybody grow up in a church, you go to Sunday night? Yeah, like four of you guys. It shows how well it worked out, right? <laughs> it, it just didn't work. And then, and then after you sat in Sunday night service, then you were back Wednesday night. Now, I loved revival nights the last couple of weeks. How many were in revival nights? How powerful was that? Uh, everybody's like, why can't we do those every night? Well, because I grew up in that culture, and it'll kill you, all right? I was in those things. You go back on Wednesday. Every Wednesday was revival night. And we just have another service and another service. And I just grew up like addicted to it. I was in the church place. Now, you don't know anything about Aaron Burke in the church place. All right? I'm not going to show you all pictures or videos because it's embarrassing, ladies and gentlemen. But I remember one play I was in. Uh, it was called Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. Now, if you've never heard of it, be thankful because you probably can sleep better than I can. Because I grew up attending this play and then was eventually in the play. The whole idea of the play is that there was multiple scenarios where people would die on stage in front of the children in the audience. And then they would be, you know, brought into heaven and the throne room of God. And then their judgment was called whether they would go and be ushered by the angels into heaven. Or the sneaky little demons would come out and pull them into hell. This is my childhood. <laughs> Till one year, they finally recruited my family to be part of the play. And so me and my sister were a, a, like, uh, I was probably eight. She was, you know, 10. And we were in the back seat of a car um, and for the play. And the car wreck happens. But I got to go to heaven and she got to go to hell. And I was like, well, it's, it kind of made sense. So. It was my life. I was in it. I had Sunday school. And I, I don't know if you grew up going to Sunday school. Sunday school was church before church. So it was, it was like, hey, it's not just the message. You got to go before. I remember the first time going to Sunday school, I go and I go, okay, mom, we got the lesson. She's like, no, now we got to go to church. I'm like, well, we just went to church. <laughs> and it, was, it was just, it was another thing we did. I was finally about sixth grade. I realized that they would allow me to teach a Sunday school. Now, so I was like, oh, well, I want to teach. And they're like, you can teach the first graders. So I wasn't too wise, didn't have much to offer them and didn't have any training. So I thought, well, I'll give them a little lesson and then I'll go outside with them and we'll go to the tire swing and I'll see who I can get to throw up the first in the class. True story. So it was one of my first couple of weeks as a Sunday school teacher at sixth grade. I made a kid throw up so bad that they literally would not allow me to teach back in the classroom. Never taught Sunday school again in my life. I was just a church kid. I just grew up in this, and it was, it was my life. I was, I was a part of it. It was, it was fun to me. It was, it was something that was so huge. I found my friends in church. I found my, my calling in church. I realized that when I was ever disconnected from God in my life, it was probably during times I was disconnected from church. So there was something that was so impactful about it. So when I see this life of Jesus, I go, I get it. I know the power that's there. The problem with it is, is most of you guys didn't grow up like that. So your, your view of the church maybe is a little skewed because the church, let's be honest, has a little bit of a marketing issue. Uh, we haven't done too good of a job at like putting our best foot forward to the world out there. So one of the things I like to do, just because I like to laugh, if you're with us at Clearwater, I want you to know you're going to laugh a lot when you come to our services because it's one of our goals to just give you some joy every time you come. But one of my favorite things to do, and I do it every three or four years here at Radio Church, is that uh, we talk about church signs. So you might know about these church signs. Y'all send them to me all the time. You know, they like the little marquees, and they write like some little phrase around them. But sometimes the church doesn't do a good job at kind of 
really uh, putting our best out there to everybody. So I find some that are pretty terrible, and I show them to you. So this is 2022 edition of Church Signs with Aaron Burke. So, so let me show you this first one now sent to me. It says it like this. You want to know what hell is? Come hear our preacher. God. That's funny right there. They didn't read it quite right, did they? Uh, how about this one? It's, it says, honk if you love Jesus. Text while driving if you want to meet him. That's a great one. That's great right there. I, I love this next one. Really trying to be relevant here. It says, God loves you more than Kanye loves Kanye. That's a great church sign right there. That's awesome. Here, here's one more. Ready? Uh, let's look at this one. This is one of my favorite ones. Whoever stole our AC units, keep one. It's hot where you're going. <laughs> That's funny. That's one of my all-time favorites. Can I give you one more? One more, y'all with me? I love this one. Cremation is your last chance for a smoking hot body right there. <laughs> that is funny. So we don't do a great job of putting our foot forward and just showing our best side when it comes to the church. And I want to encourage you because if you knew the power that was involved in you getting connected with your local church and you getting involved in the right community, it'll take your life to the next level. Uh, Psalm says it this way, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. How will they do this? And he gives us the answer, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. In other words, connected with the local church, planted in there, saying my family's gonna be in church, my marriage, we're gonna be in this, in this church. If I'm single, I'm gonna find my friends in this church. I'm gonna be connected in the church. I'm gonna be planted in the house of God. And then it says it like this. It says, they will still bear fruit in their old age. Can I encourage some people that are going, well, I'm just not sure. I think God's done with me. No, 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 no. When you're planted in the house of God, guess what? Your best days are still in front of you. It's not, it's not your 20s and 30s and 40s or your prime. No, no, no. At Radiant Church, when you're planted, it's the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. Your old days, listen, you're, you're going to bear fruit and you're going to stay fresh and green. So fresh and so green. Come on, that's the hashtag of today. So fresh and so green. So fresh and so green. That's weird, right? I want to I I keep you fresh. I want to keep you in the house of God. I want you to thrive where God has planted you here. So I'm going to show you how to do it. How, how did Jesus find community? How did he pick the community that he surrounded himself with? Well, the Bible tells us, we learned last week, that Jesus went by himself all night long and prayed. Can I just encourage some people? that you have made your friend choices way too quickly. Some of you got you to make sure if you're going to pray about anything, you pray about who God surrounds your life with. Parents, can I tell you the most important prayer you pray over your children is God, put the right friends in their life. Put the right influences in their life. Well, why? Because who you surround yourself with matters. So Jesus was intentional. He prayed and then he picked who his friends were. And I want to show you how he did it. It says it like this in Mark chapter 3. So after he prays, he went up to the mountainside and called those he wanted. And they came to him, and he appointed the 12 of them that they might, and look at this, be with him 
and he might send them out to preach and have authority to drive out demons. All right, now look at those three things right there. He says, listen, if you're going to be in my community, you got to be with me, you got to be able to preach, and you got to have authority to drive out demons. So what I'm going to tell you today is I'm going to give you three qualities that I'm looking for in my community. And here's what it's a challenge for me is not just to look for these in my friends and look for me and the people around me, but also I want to know, do I have these qualities that I'm bringing into every relationship I'm in? So three qualities. I want you to see the first one. He says he appointed that they may come, that they might be with him. So if you're looking for new community in 2022, here's the first thing that you need to commit to. Number one is that you need to commit to a community that loves Jesus, that loves Jesus. The most important thing you're going to do is surround yourself with some people who are passionate lovers of God. And let me just say it this way. I'm not going to run with them if they're not running after him. But if they're running after him, I'll run with them because that's the community I want to surround myself with. When I was growing up, I would go to P.E. And P.E. was always very, uh, you know, uh, it, it was hard for me to think about because I was not really good at any sport. And one of the worst things, damaging things they did in PE, and I'll just have a little therapy session with you right now, was the moments where they would line us all up on the wall and they would pick two captains. How many remember these moments? Anybody else have like trauma moments like this? And you just stand there and you're just like, they're never gonna pick me. I remember, I remember sitting there thinking, going, you know what, if I was ever the captain, I'm not going after the strongest and the best. I'm going to get the underdog on my team. The underdog just like Aaron. Because I know how it feels. And I was always, always praying, Lord, please don't let me be the last one. You know what I mean? It's okay to be one of the closer ones to last, but not the last one. I just, I hated those moments. And I just prayed, Lord, I'll do anything. I'll play in a church in Tampa. And he's like, all right. So, so one time I got picked to be the captain. I was so pumped so pumped. And I remember sitting up there and I remembered going, I remember how it felt to be the underdog. And you know what I did in that moment? I picked the strongest dudes in that, in that line. I found the strongest guys. We're playing dodgeball. I want the baseball players. I want the biggest dudes that I can hide behind if they're going to throw it at me. I want the most skilled. Why? Because who you pick on your team matters. I wasn't in this for some charity event. I was in it to win the thing. So let me encourage some people in here today. You're not here to go, well, I feel bad for this person and this person we've been friends since elementary school and we were in a sorority together. No, no, no. You don't pick them because they're defaults. You pick them because they're the best choices to surround your life with. Because who you pick matters. I've heard it said this way. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So you want to take your life to the next level? Get better friends in your life. Get better friendships. Get better community. The Bible says it this way. You walk with the wise and guess what you become? Wise. But a companion of fools. Sounds like some of your friends in college, right? (laughs) Suffers harm. And I want to help you because you keep making mistake after mistake after mistake. And you think, I've got to change something. You don't know what it is to change. It's not what you need to change. It's who you need to change. And if you'll change who, you'll realize you'll start making better decisions in your life. 
So I want to talk to some young people in here. And you go, who I have as a friend doesn't matter. It matters a lot. But I, I, I've heard it said this way. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So who you surround yourself with really, really does matter. So where do we find a community? I want to make this as easy as possible for you today. Where do we find a community that loves Jesus? I'm going to give you the answer right here. Ready? My community that loves Jesus is my local church. That's it. And I'm going to get connected in a local church that will help me love Jesus more. And you go, well, I don't know what my local church is. Radiant Church is your local church. Just make it very clear. And when you get connected in a local church, when you find good godly friends that love Jesus and are pursuing Jesus, you'll see your life go to the next level. Jesus' first thing was, I'm going to pick you to be close to me. You want to change the world? Pick some friends that are close to Jesus. Pick some friends that love Jesus, that pursue Jesus. We're not here to gather for some religious thing. We're here to gather because we are radically crazy in love with Jesus Christ. And I want to know today, is there any people that love Jesus in the house? Is this a church that loves Jesus? Let's stay committed to that. And if you don't know how to get connected in your local church, then you can go to Next Steps. They start the first Sunday of the month is the first step. And so you put it on your calendar to go, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be a spectator anymore. I'm going to be a participator in God's church. And you go, well, my friends are okay. Here's what the Bible says. Let me just be very real with you for just a second. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That doesn't mean I don't have non-Christian friends. What it does mean is that my core of who's around me are Bible-believing, Jesus-pursuing people. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? I, I love our city. I want to read to our city. But I don't hang out with our city. I hang out with our church. Because there's something about what fellowship can Radiant have with darkness. You see it? We've got to make a decision to say, you know what, I'm going to pick a community that loves Jesus. Jesus didn't stop there. Look what else he said. He appointed the 12 that they may be with him and that he might send them out to preach. I think this is huge right here because Jesus shows us another quality you're looking for in your community. Number two is that you're going to commit to a community that is on mission. So I love services. I love revival nights. I love Sunday experiences. But this isn't what it's all about. If you go, well, all I want to do is just gather more, and you go from this service, and you go to another church to go to their service, and you go to that church to go to their service, and you're like, I just love all these services. Eventually, you got to get out of the church and go reach a lost and dying world, and he's Jesus. So you got to be part of a community that's on mission to do something bigger than just anything that is for one person. There's a bond that only comes when you're fighting together, when you're battling this thing together. People in the military, they know this, that we have so many that we love and support in our church that, that attend Radiant. And, and they said, listen, it's different if, you, if you're in this service together, there's a bond. But there's another level of bond when you fought on the front lines. When, there's a level of trust. There's a level of, of, of just nobody knows you like that person knows you when you're on the front lines. And we've got the church all wrong. We've made the church into some social club instead of an army that's advancing the kingdom of God. So people try it out, like, oh, man, is this the cruise ship I'm going to join? How's the food? Ooh, they had donuts today. Wow. The music. Wow, so cool. Look at the lights. 
the guy on the stage, you know, a little hyper, but yeah, we can deal with him. <laughs> you don't laugh too much for that one. That hurts my feelings. <laughs> the church is not a cruise ship for the socialization of the saints. It is a battleship for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And we are in this thing to take the gospel around the world. We are a church on mission. Hebrews tells us, let us therefore consider how we may spur one another on. Like, hey, you're not going to get comfortable here at Radiant Church. We're going to go and serve our city towards love and good deeds. We're going to challenge you. No, get out of the seat and go join the dream team. Be part of what God's doing here at the church. Be part of giving. Be part of, of inviting. Why? Because we are a church on mission. So let's just say what it is. Let's make it very clear. What is my community that is on mission? It's the dream team. And you need to be part of it. And if you're not part of it, you're missing out on the advancement of how God wants to use your life to change the world. You're missing it. And the, the dream team, it, it's all shapes and sizes. It's all different giftings. There's something for everybody. What I love about the, the dream team is that it's a group of people who understand that we is always better than me. That, that, that what we're part of is bigger than the part that I play. And, and what I want to challenge you for today, because 2020 and 2021 has messed a lot of people up. You were connected, you were involved, and you've never been a part of a team. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to scan this QR code right now. And here's what I'm believing. I'm believing that God is going to help. We're going to put you on the right team here. And some of you guys, you've been serving years ago, and you stopped serving. And I'm going to challenge you. Start serving again. Some of you guys, you, you served, and you got really hurt. And I get it, and that's real. I'm going to challenge you. Serve again. Watch what happens, how your life can be used for a greater purpose than you ever thought was possible. And it only starts when you're on a dream team. I tell people all the time, if you are part of what God is doing here at Radiant Church, it means you're on the dream team. How in the world have we, are we able to launch our seventh location in eight years as a church? That's mind-blowing. It's not because of Aaron Burke. It's not because of your location, Pastor. It's not even because of our staff. It's because there's hundreds and hundreds of people who said, my life is on mission. I'm not just a, a Christian by name. I'm a Christian by action, and I'm going to serve people in God's local church. So here's what we believe here today is that every member is a minister at Radiant Church. So you have something to offer. So it's not my responsibility to reach our city. It's ours. We are the church. You are a minister. You have a calling on your life. We also believe that every task is important. So what I do is not more important than what you do. Let me just say, I love, I love what God called me to do in preaching the gospel. I take it very, very serious every single week. But it's not more important than whoever's behind that camera right there. Why? That, the dream teamers behind the camera right there are just as important. Why? Because uh, this, would, this would be only in this room if it wasn't for them. And then you know what? All the other people, there's, there's a booth up there that way up in some room up there, and they're all sitting up there right now. They're behind all these computers, and they're all like, man, we're going to stream this out. And, and, and they're all like way smarter than I am. And, and, and let me just tell you, what they're doing is just as important as what I'm doing. And, and whoever's, whoever's, whoever's right now is ministering to your child is just as important as every other area of our church. Thank God that we don't have a playground where they're just spinning those kids to try to get them. We wouldn't allow that. Our team really sets it up right. Every area is important. Three out of our six campuses that are physical campuses in Tampa, three out of six of them are portable. 
meaning that they're, we meet in local high schools. So a team has to get in there, some, some um, locations, 5.30, 6 a.m. in the morning. And they're, they're setting up. And you go, why do they do that? You know why they're doing that? Because at the end of every service, I say, bow your heads and close your eyes. And that group does not bow your heads and, their heads and close their eyes. And they stand there at the back sometimes, or they sit in their seat and they watch. And when that hand goes up, they go, that wouldn't have happened if, it, if I didn't set up this room. If I didn't pull up that trailer, if I didn't put that flag out by the road. The dream team is changing the world, and you should be part of it. So every member is a minister, every task is important, and lastly, everybody is a tenant something. And there's something that God's uniquely gifted you at, and we need it in the local church. And until you used it for an internal purpose, you have never experienced fulfillment like you can. So use it at your local church. What is my part to play? What is the team God's called me to serve on? And then let's close it out with this. Commit to a community that loves Jesus. Commit to a community that, that is on mission. And thirdly, we'll close it out with this one. Look what he says. He says, he says that they might send them out to preach in verse 15 and to have authority to drive out demons. Some of y'all are clear water right now are like, what church did I just walk into? And this is the moment in the service that I want our team to release the snakes. <laughs> We're not that weird place, okay? So, like, what does this have to do with our friends, Aaron? This doesn't make any sense. That makes a lot of sense. Let me show you what it means. Jesus is saying, here's what I want the people around me to have. I want them to be people that are, that'll be close to me. We want friends that love Jesus. I want them to be on mission. I want them preaching. But the third thing is, is I need some friends in my life that have authority over the things that'll bind people up. Here's the third thing I'm looking for is I'm, I'm committing to a community that brings freedom in my life. So I'm thankful for the salvation that came to me at 16 years old that changed my whole life. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for, for the life change that has started. But let me just tell you, that's not the end. That is just the beginning of what God wants to do in your life. And if you sit there and you think, well, I've got everything God wants to give me in my life. No, you've missed out. You've got issues in your life. Let, let me say it this way. You've got a lot of issues. And I got issues. And if you don't think you have issues, that's your issue right there. So let me challenge you this. Is you need people in your life, safe people in your life that you can work stuff out in. And that, that's our local church. So let me, let me close it out with this. It says, James chapter five, it says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may get healed. He doesn't say forgiven, does he? He doesn't say forgiven right there. Why? Because forgiveness doesn't come from each other. That's what the church has got that wrong for years. You come to a pastor, you go to a priest, and you, you hopefully get forgiveness. No, forgiveness doesn't come from each other. And if you're here today and you're lost and you're away from God, here's where forgiveness comes. Forgiveness comes because of the shed blood of Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago. And because of that, we can be forgiven past, present, and future. Can I hear a good amen? But he says, listen, you want to get healed, that's going to come another way. Your forgiveness comes from Jesus. It comes from Christ. But where do we get healing? It says it like this. We go to, the to Christ for forgiveness, but we go to the church for our freedom. And what did he say? He said, you will be healed if you pray for one another. You believe with one another. 
What is our word for 2022? Health. How do we get healthy? We become a church that prays for each other. Throw that verse back up there one more time. For the prayers of the righteous person is powerful and effective. You want to see your life go to the next level? Get around some people that have a little bit of authority to say, I'm going to believe with you for freedom in that area of your life. I'm going to believe with you for breakthrough in that area of your life. So where do we do this? Where do we find community that brings freedom? Here it is. Ready? It's, it's, it's our radiant groups. It's our radiant groups. I love our groups because every time you meet with a group, you're going to connect with some people, whether it's in foundations group or whether it's a Bible study at someone's home or it's a running group on Bayshore, you're going to find some people that'll pray with you, that'll take authority over some issues you're going with, it, with. And watch how you will walk in freedom when you get around the right people in your life. So one more time, let's throw that, that QR code up there. Because let me just be very clear with you. If you attend on a Sunday and you think that's all that Radiant Church offers you, you're missing out on real community. And I hear it all the time. People are like, well, I just couldn't get connected there. Did you join a team? Did you join a group? No. Well, that's why. You will never feel connected here at your church if you're not on a team and if you're not in a group. On a team and a group. On a team on mission. In a group getting free. On a team changing the world. In a group changing your world. You can get connected to community. Can I hear a better amen than that to the church? All right, can I close with one last story and then we're done. One last story, one last story. You guys have been so great today. I uh, have a hot tub at my house and before you think I'm bougie here, I bought this thing on Facebook Marketplace a few years ago uh, for a few hundred dollars. And so it's been a little rough, okay? My kids never know if it's actually gonna work or not. But anyway, I finally got it working pretty good a couple years ago. And so we go in this hot tub all the time. But something happened the last couple of years when my kids would get in there, as soon as we got in the hot tub, they would start coughing. Like, uh, 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 uh. No, no, that's not okay. Especially in the last two years, right? So my kids, are y'all okay? They're like, no, it's something about this hot tub. I'm like, no, y'all get over it. We're gonna enjoy the hot tub. So it kind of came to a head a few weeks ago. Uh, my young, my, one of my youngest daughters, I have a lot of kids. So um, my three-year-old, we were getting in the hot tub and she's crying. She's coughing, her eyes are all red. And I'm going, Elise, what is wrong? She's like, I'm getting out of here. I'm like, no, we will enjoy this hot tub. And, and she's like, no, it's burning my eyes. I'm coughing. So finally, I was like, something's wrong. And every time I'd get out of the hot tub, I'd go, well, there must be something wrong with the chemicals. And I just pour more and more chemicals into it. Like, this is how you resolve it. You shock the hot tub. You put more chlorine in there. Nothing was working. So finally, I took a sample of the water and I took it to a local pool store. And they tested it and they go, this water is so crazy unbalanced. They go, the only cause of this is that you probably have such bad buildup in all of the pipes that it's just years and years and years of chemicals being poured in. Have you just been pouring chemicals in? I'm like, no, it's crazy, me. So well, what do I do about it? He says, the only thing you can do about it is that you have to drain the tub, drain the hot tub, and then fill it back again with water, pour a bunch of shock in it and chemicals, let it run for a day or two, drain it again, fill it again. He said, do that three different times. By the time it's the third one, it's done. He goes, because you can't put good chemicals in a bad system. Yeah. 
and you keep adding friends to your life and you keep going church to church to church, group to group to group, and you wonder and you think they're the problem, they're the problem, they're the problem, they're the problem, they're the problem. And it's not they're the problem, it's you're adding good systems, you're adding good chemicals to a bad system. And the problem with it is there's probably stuff inside of you that you need to drain, you need to get out, you need to refresh, you need to have a cleanup inside of you. And that's why that the best thing you can do is let the Holy Spirit do a deep work inside of you and say, God, who are those people I need to get rid of? Who is that, what is that lifestyle I need to get rid of? What is that thing I need to move past so that I can step forward into a healthy community and be all that God's called me to be? And that's why Jesus came, because we can't change the insides of us. Only he can, but he can right now. And that's why he came 2,000 years ago. So I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. And I don't want anybody moving around. This is a moment in our service where life change is about to happen in a real way. You're trying to put the right stuff into a bad system. Well, Aaron, if I just get involved in the right church or get around the right friends, but, but inside of you, that's wrong. It's messed up. So what do you do about that? The Bible says we have to confess our sins to him. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If that's you today, you don't have a relationship with God, I want you to know you can. You can start it right now. No matter where you're watching from, this is your moment of salvation. And on the count of three, I'm gonna have you respond and say, I want God to change me from the inside out. I want him to give me a fresh start. Today's my day for God to change me. And I believe God will meet you right there in your seat. If that's you at every campus, on the count of three, throw that hand up. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, throw those hands up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those at Clearwater and St. Pete, Brandon Heights, North Tampa online, here in South Tampa. Come on, throw that hand up, then put it right back down. Thank you, thank you. Why don't we do this? Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together? Say, dear Jesus, come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. Forgive me of my past, my present, and my future. For the rest of my life, I'm gonna follow you. You are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, 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 just right where you're at, right where you're at. Just have your eyes closed. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. It's a new year. It's a new opportunity for you to commit to community. Where's the place that you're going to find people that love Jesus? This is your local church. Just say, God, I'm going to commit to Radiant. I'm going to commit to my church. Where's the place that you're on mission? If you're not on a team, just ask the Lord, what team would he have you to be on? And just say yes to him. And then thirdly, where am I finding freedom? What's the group? What's the group? Where's the place? Lord, we say yes to you. Lord, I pray for your people that we would not just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers of the word. Lord, believe in you that as we are obedient to you, you're going to help us become the healthiest possible in 2022. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we give God a little bit of praise today for what he's done in all of our campuses. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.